Good day to you. Hope you're having a wonderful day. We are ready to read, let's see, well, we're in 2 Corinthians. We're ready to read chapter 11. Now, last time we read chapter 10, and at the end of chapter 10, Paul says, you know, and this is going to be kind of a loose paraphrase, okay? Paul says, basically, let him who boasts, boast in the Lord, for it is not he who, you know, commends or boasts of himself who is approved by God, but it's the one whom God praises and commends and boasts about. So, we need to think that way. It's not the one that we boast about. It's not, uh, you know, we shouldn't be boasting about ourselves anyway, but it's not, it's not us who boast about ourselves or even us boasting about each other that matters, though that's a good thing. If you know someone who's doing well and you and you brag on them a little bit, that's okay. You know, I mean, it's okay to let them know they're appreciated. But, uh, you know, what really counts is whether or not uh, God commends and praises us and approves of us. So, now that's the end of chapter 10, like I said. Now, Second Corinthians chapter 11, I'm starting at verse 1. I am reading in the Amplified Bible. And this is Paul again. <clears throat> I wish you would bear with me while I indulge in a little foolishness, but indeed you are bearing with me as you read this. I am jealous for you with a godly jealousy because I have promised you to one husband to present you as a pure virgin to Christ, but I am afraid that even as the serpent beguiled Eve by his cunning, your minds may be corrupted and led away from the simplicity of your sincere and pure devotion to Christ. For you seem willing to allow it if one comes and preaches another. Jesus, okay, <clears throat> let me reread that, I'm sorry. For you seem willing to allow it if one comes and preaches another Jesus whom we have not preached, or if you receive a different spirit from the one you received, or a different gospel from the one you accepted. You tolerate all this beautifully, welcome, welcoming the deception. Yet I consider myself in no way inferior to the so-called super-apostles. Now here we have an issue, and Paul's being a little sarcastic. Um, there were some people coming around preaching some false doctrine, and they were opposing Paul, and uh, they were claiming that they had an association with the original uh, 12 apostles that was superior to Paul's association. Thus the sarcastic reference to super apostles. But even if I am unskilled in speaking, yet I am not untrained in knowledge, I know what I am talking about. And we have to remember, and, and I think Paul is going to get at this, um, he is getting his knowledge directly from the Lord. He is one of the few people who ever saw the Lord. You know, he saw the Lord on the road to Damascus. Um, so, all right. <clears throat> Yet I am not untrained in knowledge. I know what I am talking about, but we have made this evident to you in every way, in all things. Or did I perhaps sin by humbling myself so that you might be exalted and honored because I preached God's gospel to you free of charge? Now, you might remember that Paul, and I think he mentioned Barnabas, they, they had some trade or some skill, and they were actually kind of paying their own way as they went, by and large. They did not need a lot of assistance from the congregations. 
how I don't know what that trade was I don't remember or I don't know for sure if it was mentioned these other traveling philosophers and and religious people whether they be real or unreal um, they tended to charge for their because you know we're talking about we're in Corinth or in Greece and these people tended to charge for their um, their lectures their speeches so <clears throat> okay hold on a second my phone has frozen up I'll be right back with you all right sorry for that technical difficulty okay so <clears throat> I'm going to start back in verse 7 uh, with Paul. Or did I perhaps sin by humbling myself so that you might be exalted and honored because I preached God's gospel to you free of charge? I robbed other churches by accepting more than their share of financial support for my ministry to you. So Paul is saying he did accept some financial support from some um, some church, some of the congregation. So there may be, uh, it could be that maybe, maybe he couldn't always supply his own way. Then maybe at times his whatever his trade and skill was, maybe there were places that wasn't very useful. All right. So anyway, and when I was with you, and when I was with you and ran short financially, I did not burden any of you for what I needed was fully supplied by the brothers Silas and Timothy who came from Macedonia, the church at Philippi. So I kept myself from being a burden to you in any way and will continue to do so. He's explaining why he doesn't charge them to speak to them. And maybe they misunderstood because the tradition and the customary practice was that you would pay these speakers that that spoke and maybe for them that was you know maybe that didn't make sense to them for some reason all right so um <clears throat> as the truth of Christ is in me my boast of independence will not be silenced in the regions of Achaia which is Greece which is where Corinth was why because I do not love you or wish you Oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> this is one of those rhetorical questions and I was getting confused. Uh, verse 11. I, I've read this before, honestly, and I just forgot. Why? Because I do not love you or wish you well or have regard for your welfare? God knows that I do. So, of course he does. But what I am doing, I will keep doing, for I am determined to keep this independence in order to cut off the claim of those who want an opportunity to be regarded just as we are in the things they brag about. Now, in other words, he's doing this, and he's going to keep doing this, to refute that claim of those who they want to be regarded as an apostle, and they want to brag about these things. So verse 13, for, for such men are counterfeit apostles, deceitful workers, masquerading as apostles of Christ. And no wonder, since Satan himself masquerades as an angel of light. So it is no great surprise if his servants also masquerade as servants of righteousness. But their end will correspond with their deeds. That's something to be aware of. I repeat then, let no one think that I am foolish, but even if you do, at least accept me as foolish so that I too may boast a little. 
What I say in this confident boasting, I say not as the Lord would with his authority, but foolishly, since many boast of worldly things and brag about human accomplishments, I will boast too. Now he's being sarcastic, okay? And he's, I guess he's a little frustrated with them that they've accepted these other, you know, supposed, these other pretend apostles, counterfeit apostles. He's, I think he's, you know, a little frustrated with them that they accepted their, them and, and accepted their teaching and doctrine. Alright, verse 19. For you, being so wise, gladly tolerate and accept the foolish like me. For you tolerate it if anyone makes you his slave, or devours you and your possessions, or takes advantage of you, or acts presumptuously, or hits you in the face. To my shame, I must say, we have been too weak in comparison to those pseudo-apostles who take advantage of you. Okay, I have almost said, I say it in a different way. He's, he's saying we've been too nice. <laughs> he's saying we've just been too nice compared to these other guys. I mean, in a way, that's essentially what he's saying. He's saying, oh, you, you, you go with these guys, you tolerate them and agree and believe whatever they tell you. And then us, and you just, you know, you just kind of ignore us because we've been too nice, you know. That's kind of what he's saying. I've, I have felt that way before. Okay, anyway. But in whatever anyone else dares to boast, I am speaking foolishly. I also dare to boast. Are they Hebrews? So am I. Are they Israelites? So am I. Are they descendants of Abraham? So am I. Are they self-proclaimed servants of Christ? I am speaking as if I were out of my mind. I am more so, for I exceed them with far more labors, with far more imprisonments, beaten times without number, and often in danger of death. Five times I received from the Jews thirty-nine lashes. Now the reason they did thirty-nine lashes was they wanted to make sure, because in the law, no one was to receive more than forty lashes. So what they did was they said, okay, we're going to only count to 39 so if there's a mistake we will not have given them more than 40 lashes that is considerate in a way <clears throat> in an odd way anyway continuing on with verses 25 with verse 25 three times I was beaten with rods once I was stoned three times I was shipwrecked a night and a day I have spent adrift on the sea Many times on journeys exposed to danger, pardon me, <coughs> many times on journeys exposed to danger from rivers, danger from bandits, danger from my own countrymen, danger from the Gentiles, danger in the city, danger in the wilderness, danger on the sea, danger among those posing as believers, in labor and hardship, often unable to sleep, in hunger and thirst, often driven to fasting for lack of food, in cold and exposure without adequate clothing. Besides those external things, there is the daily inescapable pressure of my concern for all the churches. Who is weak, and I do not feel his weakness? Who is made to sin, and I am not on fire with sorrow and concern? So he's really telling them how it is for him. He's really explaining to them that he is the one. You know, these other guys are just running around talking the talk. He's walking the walk, and he's really going through 
all these things for all the churches, including Corinth. If I must boast, I will boast of the things that reveal my weakness, the things by which I am made weak in the eyes of my opponents. The God and Father of the Lord Jesus, he who is blessed and to be praised forevermore, knows that I am not lying. In Damascus, the governor, and this says Ethnarch, and I'm not familiar with that, under King Aretas, guarded the city of Damascus in order to arrest me, and I was actually let down in a basket through a window in the wall and slipped through his fingers. So this is, you know, this is the kind of thing that he's been going through. He's explaining to them that he really is living the life, <laughs> and it's not an easy life. You know, he's not just walking around getting paid to talk to people and making money and, and, and walking around living off of them. No, he's really, he's really in danger. He's really, um, <clears throat> you know, he's really uh, doing what he's supposed to do, but it puts him in danger because there are, there are these established places where the Jews, for one, do not do not like Christians and then I think there's other people who don't like Christians because they see that somehow they see Jesus as undermining their authority belief in Jesus and they see it as maybe contrary to what they want the people to believe so because they have their own gods and their own beliefs but either way regardless of why Paul goes through a lot of uh, danger and troubles and he talks about that here and he explains to them that he is not having the easy life. He is not doing this, you know, in a fun and easy manner. But, on the other hand, you have to think about it too. If you think of this as boasting, He's boasting of all the times that God has gotten him through and taken him through all of these things. Look at all these dangers, all these things. And if we think of our own lives, I bet we can think of a lot of times we could have been terribly injured or killed and, you know, and we were blessed and God got us through those or past those times. And here, I mean, he even had, what's he say, a day, a night, and a day I have spent adrift on the sea. Now that's that's a dangerous thing and back then to be rescued from drifting on the sea that long that was probably not something that happened all the time so anyway so now he's not done okay we have to understand chapter 11 Paul is not done this is going to continue on into chapter 12 and he's he's going to explain further and he's going to get to um, I'm going to say in a way he's going to get more to his point with them, but he's setting everything up in chapter 11, so, and that's that's just the way he did it. Um, we broke that into chapters, of course. He he wrote it. He didn't he didn't break this up into these chapters. So that is Second Corinthians chapter 11, and we'll continue on with this uh, theme and Paul's thoughts in the next uh, the next chapter. I want to thank you for listening. Hope you have a wonderful day, and remember, God loves you.